welcome to the Retreat House Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. I've invited a friend to the table to share their story. Come and join us. Welcome to the table. We are continuing our series called What's Your Story? And today I have a friend that another friend that I met at the Azer Collective. You're hearing a lot about the Azer Collective and stay tuned because in a couple of weeks, a few weeks maybe, um, I'm going to have Jo Saxton herself come on and talk a little bit about what is Azer Collective so you can find out more about it then. But today I have another friend from Azer Collective that is joining me to share more of her story. Her name is Mandy Sullivan and she is the founder of Nurture Her Soul Ministry, and she is going to come and tell her story and the story of how this whole ministry started. So welcome, Mandy. I'm so glad you're here. Sort of. Thank you. We're recording this on Skype, (laughs) so you're sort of here. (laughs) But I love it that um, I didn't realize we'd get to see each other via video. Mm -hmm. You're welcome for getting to look at me uh, (laughs) with no makeup. And no shower and no bra, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> um, yeah, we just got yes, all of our kids you. off to school, so this is yes, early morning. Was, and this exactly. is the reason I don't do a video podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, see, and I do uh, Monday Facebook Lives every mm. Monday, and so at 8 o'clock at night, I'm still, um, sometimes I have makeup on, sometimes I don't, because, you know... If I can make women feel better about themselves by having to look at me, <laughs> mission accomplished. Yeah, keeping it real. <laughs> yes, exactly. So is there, what? how else would you like to introduce yourself? What else would you like people to know about you? Well, I also, um, I've worked in full-time church ministry for 20 years, and I still also work in full-time church ministry. Um, I'm excited to share my story of redemption and the privilege it is to get to look back through our life. I just turned 43 yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. And you know, adult birthdays are filled with kids activities and a daughter that's homesick from school. And my son is a senior in high school and his varsity basketball banquet. And you know, so yeah, there are no parades. No, there's no parades. (laughs) I did go get an extra, um, a stacked piercing, I guess oh. is what it's called, because I felt like I just needed to have an extra sass to myself. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. walked into the tattoo parlor and, and got a stacked piercing, which really just means I got a piercing above my original piercing on my lobe. It's not that exciting, but... Savannah Guthrie just did that on the Today she Show. She was my inspiration Oh, was she okay? <laughs> I literally brought her Instagram picture to the tattoo parlor with my 11-year-old daughter, who was homesick, mind you. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. that's what we did yesterday, is we went and got a (laughs) stack piercing. (laughs) So more about myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I birthed two children of my own from my first marriage. And I also now, in my second marriage, have three more kiddos as well they are all those three are all grown and out of the house because I married a sexy older man <laughs> um and I'm also a, a grandma of an almost two-year-old through that marriage as well that's in a nutshell my life church mm-hmm. school activities momming nurture her soul ministries nice so where where would you like to start in in telling your story I think it's important to um you asked me 
you know, how did I get Nurture Her Soul Ministries started? Like, where did that come from? And mm-hmm. I think it's really important to travel back in time uh, for a bit to understand and see how God has created this in our lives. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say, you know, I, I grew up in the church, never missed church, love church. I mean, who else goes to your high school graduation parties and gives you those $20 checks than all of your church people, right? (laughs) A funny side note that actually goes along with that. My son at his basketball banquet last night, um, the coach congratulated him among many things, but the funny one was that he sold the most Casey's cards. It's a gas station for a fundraiser. And he sold them in record time, and the coach said, I was so impressed that Sam called me the next day, and he had sold, like, record amount of these fundraising cards. And he said, Sam, how'd you do it? And my son's answer was, oh, coach, the church ladies love me. And um, <laughs> and that's so true. I mean, without a church family, who comes to your graduation, who goes to your sporting events, and who buys all your fundraising stuff? <laughs> um, so I had the privilege of having parents that felt it important to grow up in the church. So that was a huge piece of my life. And I actually started dating my first husband when I was 14. Mm. And that's an important piece of this story because that dating began a history of my spiral into accepting less than God's best for Mm. me and ended up being engaged to him at 19. And he, he came to church with me. There's another lesson in there of being un unequally yoked that hopefully I'm passing along to my kids because he came to church with me. He, but he was not uh, there because he had any other reason to be in there except for because of me. I had a relationship with Jesus. He didn't, he came to church to be around his girlfriend ended Mm -hmm. up getting engaged at 19 and married right after I turned 21 while I was in college, right after my junior year in college, lived in Mary's student housing my senior year and eventually then stayed married to this man for 15 years, but mm-hmm. was blessed, of course, with two kids, moved across country to the state of Washington and state of Montana. All the while I was in ministry during all those years that he would come home in the middle of the night screaming at me because he worked nights, breaking things. I won't go into detail, but the part that I appreciate that still hurts sometimes, but that I have the privilege of looking back on Mm -hmm. um, is the fact of what I've learned from that abuse Mm -hmm. and how that has formed me and made me stronger because of God and because of his leading me and because of his, how he, you know, lifts us up in the palm of his hand. So were you aware of God with you in the midst of it? Yes. And I had to go through so much shame Mm. Um, because I hid it from everyone. My own parents had no idea what was happening within my marriage. I was a pro at hiding it so much so that it almost, I mean, it was my norm. And so I almost was able to trick my mind into thinking that this is just how it is because I had the false idea through being a Christian, through being a leader leading regular Bible studies within my full-time position in churches, being a youth pastor, going on mission trips, all of that. I studied the Bible and really didn't want to not be in ministry. And I thought, 
number one, being a female, number two, being a divorced female, that I wouldn't get to be in ministry anymore. And if I wasn't in ministry, then who was I? Where would my support system come from? Mm. My kids would grow up in a divorced family. I didn't grow up in a divorced family. And I cherished my childhood. You know, all these questions, all these yeah, buts, I like to call them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but if I get a divorce, this. Yeah, but, you know, all the things. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until my daughter was born. She's 11 and a half now. And we were living in the state of Montana. And it was the worst two and a half years of my life. We moved there for his job. Left a comfort zone of friends and a place that I'd grown to really love when I was eight months pregnant, moved to Montana, like I said, for his job, my daughter Paige was born. And the next two and a half years were a complete mess of the abuse really amped up. And he really struggles with mental health issues. Mm. And I had very little sleep because of my daughter being up, you know, as mamas, Mm -hmm. your daughter being up every few hours in the middle of the night, my husband would have night terrors. He would wake up. I lived in a constant state of walking on eggshells, waiting for him to be upset or waiting for him to wake up the baby, all still while also trying to work and trying to raise my son, who was in first, second, and third grade during those years in a new school system. And I'll never forget when I finally, it hit me that I can't do it anymore. I can't do this on my own. And I realized I'd been trying to do it on my own without God. I Mm -hmm. I would pray about it. I would read scripture. I went to church, but I hadn't truly given my situation over to God. Or like invited God into it. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And I went out onto my deck while my daughter was finally taking a nap one day And I just cried and cried. And I said, all right, God, I give up. You've got it. You've got to take this on. And of course, you know, of course, he already was trying to take it on. It was me allowing myself to believe that he was going to lead me down the path that was best for me. And he was going to help me through this and guide me. And I'll make a long story short. Finances were were so bad because of many reasons in that situation, we ended up doing a short sale and I hadn't been in ministry for those two and a half years when we moved. And I decided after that prayer, I just felt a calling back to ministry, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the midst of well, all that, I felt one of God's answers was to get back into church ministry, Mandy. And so I began to apply, but I only applied to churches in Iowa, near where my parents were, near where my support system was. Mm -hmm. Being from Iowa, that's where my family lived. And so the story of how I got to be in the church I'm currently serving in now is such a God story because I applied for many different positions for ministry and didn't get this job, didn't get this job. And I just was starting to lose hope as we do Mm-hmm. When we're told no over and over and over again, and our, our trust, it, it wavers. And I got this call from a pastor of the church, one of the churches I'd applied to. And he said, hi, Mandy, this is so-and-so from this church. And I'm sorry to say you didn't get the position, 
And I said, oh, okay. And I thought, well, that's really nice of this pastor to personally to call. call me. Mm-hmm. And he said, but I've been praying about you. And I felt like God needed you here and was wondering, I had talked to our leadership board and was wondering if you'd be willing to consider a part-time position, if we could create a position for you that I think that God is calling you to here, would you consider this part-time position? And I thought, well, that's crummy. Part-time pay in a church is not great, Mm -hmm. but that absolutely has to be a God thing. Right. I mean, God's provision for you. That's amazing. It is. And I'm still at that church. And here's the other cool God part about this. Two years after we moved here, still married, uh, still thinking I wanted to make it work. And as some of us in the church, I'll speak for myself, as working in the church, I wanted to make it look because I wanted my marriage to work. I wanted to keep my family together so desperately Mm -hmm. and wanted to be in full-time church ministry. And a couple married with two young children, it looks pretty good in church ministry. Mm -hmm. And as the um, director of family ministries, that was the position. I mean, isn't that hilarious? Okay. Um, The director (laughs) of family ministries, all the while being in the midst of this really messy marriage. Two years later, things had reached a point in the marriage where I finally opened up to that pastor's wife and shared a few things over coffee, what was happening. And that moment was so pivotal Mm. for my future because she looked at me after just sharing to me one one of just the tiny little moments of struggle in my marriage. And she goes, Mandy, that's horrible. That's not okay. That's not a marriage. You got to talk to my husband. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's that bad? Wait till you hear some of the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, a week later, I'd asked him to move out. That pastor called me into his office and said, what do you need from our church? And Mm -hmm. I said, I need a full-time job. And he said, done. And um, eight years later, I'm still there, still full-time. I was still able to support my children on my own. That, and that's amazing. The, I mean, what I'm seeing is you surrendering, you yes. surrendering to God. Yes. And the vulnerability and the courage it took to talk to the pastor's wife. Yes. And then the way, okay, can, can I just say this is a story of my life too? The way that God <laughs> is working and I don't see it. I don't, yes. I don't recognize it, but the way that he was going ahead and preparing a place for you in Iowa. Yes. Yes. That's amazing. It is. And and then, and then you have the extra of working in church and working in ministry and all the expectations that are heaped on you by yourself, heaped on you by like the big greater church. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it gets better. (laughs) I know. I just, I'm, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just leaning in like, what's next? And it's incredible. God's story continues to get better and better and better. Now, that's not to say that all the better stuff comes with a lot of more heartache some days and responsibility, Mm -hmm. but that's what makes the good stuff so good is the redemption piece that through it all, this messy, divorced, crazy woman that I am is being used 
by sharing her story to hopefully help other women realize that they're not a total crazy nut mm-hmm. or if they are, that God still loves us and can right. still use us. Well, and that it's not okay. Abuse yeah. is not okay. Not okay. And and it is okay to get help. It is okay to say, right. I need help. Yes. And you should, actually. I'll go that yeah. far. Mm-hmm. And, and to even realize that I was being abused. Mm. That took a lot of inner work. A lot of trying to understand myself better because I had lived in denial for so long. Trying to make, I'm by nature, I think, more optimistic person. And when he was good, there were good moments. And then there was the other times. Yeah, so much internal work Mm -hmm. that continues to happen in life so many years later. So the pastor asked how they could help you. Yes. Immediately the next month, I was put on the full-time payroll. And my position has changed throughout those years and molded and currently serve under a different senior pastor right now. The church never once, never once, and I don't think this happens in all churches, Mm -hmm. but it's my big prayer that the church recognizes, and I think tons of churches do, but this church never once had one person come up to me and condemn me for being divorced. Mm -hmm. I got nothing but complete support, understanding, help, encouragement. That is such a testament testament to these Christian people that I get to be surrounded by on a daily basis. God really worked through them to help part of my redemption story. Mm-hmm. And the reason why um, it's so important when you ask me to share my story that I share all of that is so that um, you kind of have a history of now seeing where God is using me and how he has completely given me a restart to my life. And I love my life now. And I look back at the person I was years ago and in my first marriage, and I don't recognize that person anymore. Not that she was bad or or ugly or any of those mean words that I don't want to speak over myself, but I'm grateful for that experience. I'm grateful for where he's brought me now that I can look back and see, man, thank you, God, that I can share my story. And then the second half is just a really cool one that I get excited about. Mm -hmm. So, so after my divorce, you remember I had never dated. I had never dated since I was 14 years old. Right. And so it was kind of my if I'm being completely honest, my non-spiritual side that thought, woohoo, I'm going to go date because I've never dated before and this is exciting and scary and I want to do it. And so one night I was home alone, which rarely happens, and I had, was sipping on a little red wine mm-hmm. and watching um, Harry Connick Jr. and Sandra Bullock in that movie Hope Floats. Mm-hmm. And I have one of those advertisements pop up on my phone for match.com and began the dating process. And oh my gracious sakes alive, am I glad I'm not dating anymore. (laughs) But I had a lot of quote unquote fun for a few months. And then God reminded me or I listened to him 
And he said, this is not my best for you, Mandy. Mm -hmm. This is not, I understand why in your humanness and in your hurting and you're wanting to move on in life. Why? But this is not my best for you. So stop this dating thing. Reassess. Remember that I am your ultimate date Mm -hmm. (laughs) as your father and as the one that wants only good things for you. And so I stopped for a few months, but had paid for enough of that subscription to match.com that emails kept coming in and I kept ignoring, kept ignoring. And for some reason, now we know it's a God reason, this email came in and it was from this man and it was so kind and so thoughtful. And unlike any other message I had received before, he was just really interested in hearing about me. Hmm. And we began this three-week email conversation. And fast forward seven months after that, we were married. Now, I think that's crazy. And I think that if a girlfriend of mine told me that that's what they were doing and that they were divorced and remarried in a year and a half span and that she remarried someone or married someone who was eight years older and with three older children within seven months of knowing them, that I would really guard against that decision. Mm -hmm. And again, what I've learned is everyone's story is different. God has a different plan for every single person. There is no exact mathematical equation as to how he's going to work and when he's going to work and when he's going to provide and how he's going to provide and who he's going to provide. And he provided me with this gentle, gorgeous man named Tom who has become my other half, both in my life and my marriage and a true father to the two kids that I birthed. But the incredible thing about this God story and how God continues to use us no matter what has happened in our past, no matter the shame that we feel over things we've done or been through, is that he gave me a man who was so much like me and yet with so many different gifts Mm -hmm. than I have. So that after two years of marriage, moving to a new home, starting our new life together. And I continued to work in full-time ministry and he works in full-time IT at a big company in town here. I, because of different things that happened in my life, again, I had a complete nervous breakdown Hmm. and, um, I won't go into the details of that. It was a combination of, of different things, but the church blessed me with a month sabbatical. And in that sabbatical of feeling completely overwhelmed and physically and emotionally, spiritually, just feeling really dead inside. It was during that month that I started therapy, huge fan of therapy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was in that month that my therapist said, Mandy, I want you to sit alone in complete silence for one hour a day. And complete silence means putting, for me, I had to put my phone upstairs in my bedroom while I was downstairs in the family room. So even though it was on silence, I wasn't hearing it buzz. In that complete silence, not reading, not consciously praying, just being still and being present, that is when I was able to hear God speak beautiful, kind, loving truths about the woman that he created me to be. It was in that hour each day that um, 
often turned into more than just an hour, but sometimes two and three hours during those month, that month sabbatical, where I hated the first two weeks of it. It was stressful to me to be in quiet, and I had to force it. But in those mm-hmm. second, those second two weeks, then I began to hear him speak a new plan, an additional plan to my life. And it was to create events for women, real events where women from all walks of life, all experiences, divorced women, abused women, women who are happily married for years and years and years, grandmas, teenagers, all ages, create events, Mandy, where you can share your story, where you allow me to speak through you in order to get into the hearts and minds of other women who need to hear it. And so... I thought, first of all, you have got to be flipping kidding me, God. I am in the midst of a nervous (laughs) breakdown. I am a mess, complete mess, and overwhelmed with my life. And you want me to do something new? I started then to get just real torqued off at him. Mm -hmm. And I would tell him that because I'd become real open in these, you know, hours of silence. Right, right. And he continued to urge me. Yes, this is what I'm calling you to do, Mandy. Yes, yes, and yes. I gave you this man who has different talents. Use them. So I finally shared this um, thought with my husband. And man, does he have a creative, intelligent mind for dreaming with me Mm -hmm. and supporting me and being my biggest fan. Because, see, I was so used to my first husband being embarrassed by my ministry, embarrassed by my singing in church or preaching in church. And this man can't get enough of it. And it continues to amaze me and shock me. And so he was so excited to start on this journey of, yeah, I don't know what this is going to look like, but yeah, duh, let's do it. Mm. And so we began a spiral notebook of dreaming of what would these women's events look like? What would be included? And I started dreaming about what kind of an event would I want to go to. Now, I've been to lots of women's events out there, and they are fantastic. I mean, there are some rock star events. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love going to new events. I wasn't setting out to do anything better than was already out there. But being in Iowa, there's not a ton of options that I would want to go to. And often it included um, too much time or too much money. So I wanted to create things that were affordable and just a few hours out of someone's evening. And so I created events that were called Girls' Night Out with a Purpose. I wanted events that had good food and live good music to bless women with. I wanted to have different topics that were real pertinent and real and share real life stories of, you know, no makeup Mondays and things that we've already talked about. And I wanted them to have beautiful gifts. And so Nurture Her Soul Ministry was born. Two and a half years ago, my husband doing absolutely half, if not more, the work than I do. I get the joy of being the one on stage and doing the speaking and meeting the people, but he's the one behind our website and behind the ticket sales and behind social media marketing and all of that stuff that I don't have the brains for. And there's much more than I'm naming now, but it's important to note that All of this happened because of how God worked Mm -hmm. through my past. Mm -hmm. In order to get to this point, all of the stuff, all of the hurt and abuse and struggle and dating and 
gifting then of me of this man who we thought we were just combining two lives together, which is enough in and of itself. But then for him to put this on our hearts to start a whole nother ministry in addition to all that we already had going on still overwhelms me. And then sometimes I stop and I realize, but Mandy, it's not me doing it. It's God working through me. So, you know, it's that verse of through my weakness is when God's power will shine through. And that's the only way we've been able to continue growing Nurture Her Soul Ministries is through our complete weakness and not knowing what we're doing, but to keep talking about God's redemption and keep sharing with women and being honest and open and sharing often way too much than probably most people <laughs> want to know about our lives. I'm an, over, ministry... I'm an oversharer, so I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. We've already talked about my brawless self. <laughs> yeah. And now this ministry, I love that I get the opportunity to look up and just say, all right, God, what's next? And he's brought us from creating our own events, which we still do, but to getting called to being a speaker at church events and women's events. And we're starting to travel all over the Midwest and how I've never loved anything more than getting to do what I'm doing now. And so that point of when I was sitting in Montana in that swing, when Paige was napping and Sam was at school and I, I just decided, you know what, God, I'm giving my life up to you and I am truly going to choose to trust you as best as I humanly can. I feel like that was a catalyst moment for me to saying yes to God's goodness. Mm -hmm. And now looking 12 years later at what he's done and it just brings me to tears. It's just pure gold that he mm -hmm. provides. Well, and not that you would have chosen any of the things that you've gone through, but right. to see, to have the opportunity to sit with someone in a, in a way that you wouldn't otherwise be able to sit with them because yes. of the road that you've walked. That you can sit yes. with someone who's been divorced. You can sit with someone who's been abused. You can sit with someone who's had a, a breakdown because you've walked that road. Yes. Yes. And as crazy as it sounds, I'm so proud of those things in my past. Because you're right. Because then I get to share that redemption mm -hmm. story. Because then it brings glory to God, not to me. Because only through God's grace and mercy and forgiveness <laughs> Am I where I am today? What is currently happening with Nurture Her Soul? Currently. Like if there are any women in Iowa that are listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're traveling to Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, and Illinois these days. And we, we put on events. Um, often, usually we put on our events only more locally in the Cedar Rapids, Iowa City area. And now we're just getting busy enough where... Uh, women's organizations are bringing us in to do events. And so wherever God calls us is where we're willing to go. Every Monday night, I go live on Facebook at mm -hmm. Nurture Her Soul and do 20 to 30 minutes biblical teaching, sharing stories, just chatting uh, where I hope, you know, it's 8 p.m. at night. I hope women have their <laughs> comfy clothes on and um, are sipping something hot or whatever and can just enjoy some girlfriend time from their home with women from all over the country actually that tune in to 
that Facebook Live on Monday nights at 8 p.m. That's a big piece of our ministry. Mm-hmm. And we just see God growing this into more and more and more. I what, don't know. What is your website if someone wants? And I'll make sure that it's in the show notes too. But sure. where can people find yeah. you? Nurtureheresoul.com. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we have, um, I have currently nine different speaking topics that I offer. Um, I have a blog on there. We have an active Facebook community. We just did a birthday giveaway yesterday, so oh, I do fun. giveaways now and then. Um, <laughs> That's great. Is there any? Else? Is there anything about your story that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure that we touch on? I think we've touched on it. I think, you know, going to the Azer Collective was a huge catalyst to to different things, like getting to talk to you today, <laughs> which is Very so fun. cool. And meeting other people that have then called me to go speak in places that I wouldn't have had access to. We just hired our first employee, actually, a month ago. So we have a new director of communications, Kim, who's just someone that, again, I met because God called me and to be a speaker at the event that she was organizing. And she's a stay-at-home mama. And her name just kept coming to my heart. And um, as we, you know, Tom and I were praying we can't do all of this. This is becoming too much. If I'm going to stay working at church and doing this full-time ministry, and if he's going to work full-time, we need help. Mm -hmm. And what does that help look like? You know, who was this person? And Kim's name kept coming to mind, not knowing if she'd be at all interested, not knowing if she had a background in what we would ask her to do, but started a conversation with her. And Within one day, her and her husband had prayed about it, and she was like, yes, absolutely, yes, and come to find <laughs> out her degree is in marketing. And, Perfect. Um, and so she is doing a lot of our marketing and helping plan events now for us. So she's the one that you would contact, and her information is on our nurtureheresoul.com website, too. Okay. So she's our organizer now, which takes a lot of stuff off our plate, so so we can concentrate on the stuff that we're better at. Right. <laughs> Everybody's working in their gifting. Yes, that's huge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very huge. Yeah. Well, there are two questions that I ask all my guests. Yes. The first one is, because it's called Retreat House Podcast, how do you retreat? Is it a place? Is it a practice? What does it look like? I love being at home in my pajamas snuggled in my bed under warm, cozy blankets, watching a show that I'm currently binging or reading a book that I'm currently in love with. Mm -hmm. That is my happy place for sure. What shows are you binging right now? Well, right now, um, you know, This Is Us and Mm -hmm. um, New Amsterdam, of course. There's a new one, The Village, coming out. I'm excited to see. My number one show of all time, my happy place, like if I need a friend in the background, Mm -hmm. is Gilmore Girls because that is life to me. Mm -hmm. Because I want to live in Stars Hollow with them and be their best (laughs) friends. So I'll always go back to Gilmore Girls for sure. (laughs) This winter, I just went back and watched the the Christmas, the first snow episodes in each season. Yeah, that was fun. (laughs) Oh, it just gives me, yeah, it's just my happy place. place. That's my answer. Gilmore Girls, yeah, for sure. And my second question is, if you were to use the hashtag celebrate weird to describe something about yourself, what would that be? Oh, my gosh. There's so many things. (laughs) I'm kind of dumbfounded. I can't Mm -hmm. decide which one to choose. 
Well, the fact that I love to stand up and in at any time, anywhere and share about Jesus, I think freaks people out sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the fact that I love preaching, I love um, being in front of thousands of people. Um, people think that that's crazy and weird. The fact that my son and I have such a good relationship, people think is weird that my 17 year old and I are so much alike and get along so well and text and call each other constantly throughout the day. And he'll come in and plop down in our bed at night and this big six foot two kid (laughs) will just share and ask questions and ask me to pray for him. I guess that's not weird. That's a huge blessing, but I think that that's not always what people get to have Mm -hmm. that I'm very grateful for. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and, and sharing more of your story and sharing the story of God's redemption through the thread of your story. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me at the table. Any links or anything that we talked about during the show can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. Or if you've already subscribed, please go leave a review so others can find us too. If you want to keep up with what's happening with Retreat House, you can find us at at Retreat House Podcast. If you want to keep up with what's happening with me, you can find me at at Angela Smith MN. Again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week at the Retreat House Podcast. Mm-hmm.